Hello, wrestling fans, and for the 20th time around, thank you for joining us again as we are reliving the extreme. An ECW podcast, Nate Maxson here with you, your host, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin. Hey, from Jabronis. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. We're glad to have you. This week, we are discussing the episode of ECW from August 31st, 1993, as we roll toward Ultra Clash and lots of changes coming in ECW as the next month or so goes on that I'm going to be excited to see. I believe so. I think there was even some hints dropped during this show about some changes coming up. But um, this week, the main event of the show for us to look forward to was Tito Santana and Stan Hansen against Don Morocco and Shane Douglas. So there's where that's headed. But uh, gentlemen, what's going on out there this week? Anything special? Anything uh Fun. Well, I mean, I want to I want to get a little deeper into what you thought that uh, what kind of changes are going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they, they were pretty subtle. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, but how about the gift? I mean, come on, Eddie Gilbert. Seriously, this... Eddie Gilbert. <laughs> he couldn't. What he gave the guy a beer one day, uh, a Bud Light one day. Then all of a sudden he comes back and he gives the guy a screwdriver, a, a literal screwdriver. Yeah, and, and then he um. And then he makes well, I don't even know if he made it up because maybe Jay Sully needed a screwdriver. But then he comes back with a, a bottle of Crown Rule. That that's not cheap. And yeah. and Jay Jay and was very notes. Jay was very happy to see that Crown Royal. Did you notice yeah. that? Well, I wrote about this opening segment with Jay. Well, actually, the first thing was the Hanson promo on the Ultra Clash, and I actually dug this promo because it was pretty much I'm. I'm showing up for a fight because he's like, I don't care about Ultra Clash. Terry Funk's going to call me the day before, and then I'm going to show up in Philadelphia and kick somebody's ass pretty Isn't much. Isn't that what really promo is supposed to be? Yes, absolutely. And it was Stan Hansen all the way. I love that promo. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Aaron, I mean, I like, I get, it's got to be unanimous. Yeah. It was a good way to kick off the show and a different way to kick off. It was, at least it wasn't recapping what happened last week and showing you the entire match of the main event you know it's right fresh yeah, you know what I, I i heard a podcast today and they were, they were doing something uh, recapping a show clash or something and they were talking about stan hansen with the tobacco spit and they were and they didn't like that character i didn't like it either but i mean that stan hansen in ecw was great because mm-hmm. he, he literally looked like he was getting paid by the hour like I'm only here just to do this. He didn't look, you know, he didn't look like somebody who was looking to like draw money or, you know, come around and stick around. He was like, I'm here for a weekend, people. And I'm here to <laughs> kick somebody's ass and get yeah. my check and go. And go yes. back to Japan, brother. <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But, you know, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm getting paid to fuck. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, I wish Stan Hansen would have stuck around, but, you know, logistically and economically, that was not never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Japan was always going to kill ECW or ECW with the finances, right? And and he he didn't give a fuck about all about all Japan. He could work wherever he wanted to work, still in the states. Yeah. And the uh, the uh, the opening segment here was Sully in the studio and Eddie Gilbert with him. I wrote um, primetime wrestling. This is not. It's it's like they're trying to be like do a primetime wrestling kind of thing. And it just doesn't work. And I, I mean, I, 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 much like Chad always says, and Aaron says too, we love Eddie Gilbert, but this stuff with him and Sully, it's just ridiculous. And it was way too long. It was so way long. Too long. 
It was like 11 and a half minutes. It was 11 and a half minutes long. It probably all boils down to they just didn't have enough decent footage. Mm-hmm. And that and that ultimately falls back on Eddie. You, right. you know, do you know how easy it would have been to have uh, shot, you know, do the videos or, you know, like do vignettes or just anything. But it had to be him and Jay Sully in the studio. Like, that's the time that you're filling on your goddamn show. And that's what I actually have here. We're building toward Ultra Clash. It's like two and a half weeks away or whatever. And they spend 11 and a half minutes on this and nobody cutting promos on the Ultra Clash show other than Hanson. You know, you have it's just a, a, a total kibosh here on 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 hyping your your show that's coming up. Uh, Aaron, you want to go first? Well, um, Eddie has his Beavis and Butthead shirt that he's super excited about, and uh, <laughs> of course says says they're Beavis and Butthead, and Sully says, "Well, if we're Beavis and Butthead, I'm definitely Beavis." Yeah. I don't know why he wants to be Beavis. And then he gives him a bag of Crown Royal, a bottle of Crown Royal, and Jay Sully is super fucking happy. Yeah, he wants the bag. He wants the bag still. (laughs) And he's very excited about the Crown Royal. He looks at it like it's a pork chop. Just like, "Mm." well, I mean, dude, a bottle of Crown Royal for I mean for Eddie, how much does the screwdriver cost? A couple bucks. How much does the Bud Bud Light cost? Three dollars. That bottle of Crown Royal is like twenty dollars. That was a big get for Jay Sully. So he, obviously he's getting hit in the soft spot. Or that was the that was like your the beginning of your severance pay. That's what I was about to say. That was Sully's last payoff. That. Yeah. There you go, bro. <laughs> he already insulted his wife on the show by saying he got a birthday card from her. Yeah, and, and he says that. Got, and later on, she's included in his harem as well. Yeah, and he also Sully says he wants the bag, and Eddie's like, "Well, you already married one." <laughs> <laughs> or Jay Sully. I mean, I, I mean, do you do you need a new jack to tell you your job is really almost over? <laughs> and then and Gilbert just—I was just gonna say—and then go, Gilbert just goes into like a random shoot on Jerry Lawler. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I told just that. I said the only—we always go back to one thing she remembers is the Oscar against. I think it was Ember Moon at like either a pay per view or a takeover, where Oscar always says. She even work here, <laughs> and, I, and and Jess heard that, and she pops for it. So when Eddie Gilbert said um, the promo about Eddie Gil, I mean about Jerry Lawler, I look at Jess and I went, "He don't work here. He don't work here." <laughs> and and she got it. Like, why is she? Why why is Eddie talking about her, about him? Yeah. On and on and on about Lawler and the WWF and blah blah blah. And he talks about the pe- people in Memphis. They the. Uh, they're paying homage to Eddie as they're actually paying homage to Elvis. But uh, wait, was was there any any chance there was a rumor of Lawler coming in then, like any sort of like deal? I because don't we think all, so. We, no. we all know we all know how close Eddie was with Jerry, mm-hmm. and I I mean I would guess either I don't know somehow Jerry could could have gotten involved. You know what I mean? But yeah, and I, but I was, I was also going to say, I think, the, you know, around this time is when Lawler was uh, working his program with Brett in the WWF. So I don't know if Eddie was just drop, name dropping, you know, for I don't know. I don't know. I don't know of anything of Lawler ever. Yeah, yeah but Lawler never missed the Monday night at the Coliseum. Right. Do, like, I don't know how he worked Brett hard on Monday night. He was too busy working in front of like 2,500 people 
in a twelve thousand seat arena at the Mid South Coliseum. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like could could there have been something there? And it's possible. I I I never heard anything. I never heard anything about Lawler associated with ECW until the ninety seven stuff when with the crossover with Raw and Oh, that's that's the only that. reason why I asked because if I, mm-hmm. if I would have had an answer to the question, I would never asked it. But, right. But but I, <laughs> but I was just like, you know, maybe did any I'd never heard anybody ever ask that. Was there an opportunity for Lawler to buy in? Was there, you know what I mean, or Jared to buy in? Well, it would have been beyond the realm of possibility that Lawler would make a shot. I mean, if Funk's making shots here in Hanson, you know, they're they're just they're using older guys to, to, well, we hope to bring up the younger guys. We haven't necessarily seen that to be the case, no, but. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, I guess we'll never know. It's not like we're ever going to get Polly on this show to answer that question. But yeah. up next, we got uh, Sandman and Sal Balomo are going to be going up against the Koloffs in the ECW Championship <laughs> Tournament. Aaron transcribed for us a Balomo promo. One of our favorite segments of the show, which I think is uh, on its way out. But this will be oh, yeah. a grand, grand finale for Mr. Balomo here. Aaron. This is it? I don't know. Well, I guess they advanced in the tournament. I think it's soon, though. Oh, yeah. It's probably soon. <laughs> you guys ready for this? Well, hang on. Is... I, I, I just want to tell you that I wrote something down that I thought that I transcribed through the promo. So <laughs> if you say it the way I said it, then you're doing a good job. Because uh, uh, after you're done, I'll tell you what I heard. If you're, <laughs> okay. if you're right. All right. Here we go. This is this is the Sal promo. I'll tell you one thing, my friend. If you don't like a, this country, get out of here. I came here to this country. I still in this country. This here, the flag I will fight for because this people, this country, and there is kids in this country. And this man here, give me everything behind to go for, to fight for what? A flag of all the world will look for it. This American flag, I have the one thing to say. I'm fighting for two flags, one for Italy and one for America. This flag, it prove it. No like it? Get out of here. That is what that motherfucker said. <laughs> what what gibberish! <laughs> and the Aaron, whole time, Sandman is just standing next to him, laughing. Yeah, just, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, you're my yeah. hero because all I wrote down is all of a sudden Sal's a patriot. <laughs> That's all I had, dude. I uh, it took uh, me longer to transcribe it than it did to watch the fucking show. <laughs> I, I think, I, yeah, you know. I think I wrote down more notes on that promo than I did on the rest of the show because I didn't take my time to go back and transcribe it. But I, I wrote a couple of phrases that you nailed them. I was like taking my finger and like right, reading them. I was like, how the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> just the, everything to fight for. <laughs> and now it's just like, oh my God. It, it, tremendous job. I, I can't really pull that off. That's a, that, that's incredible. God. Oh, jeez, a whiz. I give, I give a salute to you, Aaron. A salute. Oh, fuck it. That's <laughs> tremendous. 
That's I, I continue to pop for that. That's funny. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. I because even still after you read it, we I don't even know what he said. It still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then boy. the Koloff's cut a promo, which is your standard Ivan Koloff promo. You know, nothing wrong with it. Not anything to write home about. Ivan's been cutting the same promo since the Crockett days. But uh, then the match happens. And I don't have a lot of notes on the match. I have two notes, and that's it. Koloff? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I didn't, Sully, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Sully I did said, have a, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, one of the calls that Sonny, Sonny, Sully says is that he is dazzled by the athletics of the wild man, Sal Balova. Dazzled. And of course, Heyman has to reduce to him as, or Heyman has to re, uh, refer to him as Baba Ganooch, or whatever he calls him. Baba Galooch. Baba Galooch. No, I think it's Bacha Galooch. <laughs> More like. <laughs> I, I, um... Oh, look at you popped him, Chad. You popped Aaron. He popped you. You popped him. <laughs> I remember, like back in the day. When I would work like 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 old time job guys, like like I'd be on independent shows and there'd be guys that you know that were already on their way done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm almost Barry Harwood's type, but maybe even older. And they would talk about Sal Palomo and his mule kit. And I wrote a note about that, and he did it. That was one of his go tos. And we did and see that in this match, yeah. Yeah, I I wrote, yeah. Like, people used to bitch about how stiff it was. Because I, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was kind of a high flyer, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, it was kind of easy to judge, but it's kind of hard to judge how far you're going to kick your legs out. Right, that's what I was going to say. That's almost a move that's all on the receiver, you yeah. know, because because Sal is just errantly throwing his back feet or throwing his feet backwards up in the air, and you have to be, and you I, know, yeah. and that comes from a guy that teaches people. Right. They have taught people how to work. Like, I'm sorry, but you better ask them how to how you're going to do this move without fucking hurt me, because I, I don't know how to do it. It's like that stupid little thing that um I don't know what his name is Pac, Pac, mm-hmm. that little Falcon Arrow thing. Yeah, the guy that used to be Neville in WWE. He does it. That, that flip spot, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. How long is it going to be though? He can't do that anymore. You know, that, that's not going to last long. But anyway, the the finish, Aaron. Oh, did you have another note? You said you had two notes on this match. Uh, just the the finish of it. It's the finish was terrible. Just everything about it was, it was terrible. terrible. This this tag tournament hasn't had a good finish in it that I've noticed. Like all of them have been either contrived or botched or this this <laughs> whole tournament is just it's quite the pickle. I'll tell you. Well, if easy, if you want to poll for the we can't wrestle community there you go what's the worst tag team tournament ever <laughs> and, and, and then you, you don't even give it another option <laughs> just one option yes just, don't, don't even give people the option to add options yeah it's just it's the easy to or well yeah you might have to put that whatever that nwa thing was with all the internet, oh, the internet. yeah that was pretty bad but I still think that this tag team tournament was worse. <laughs> at least, at least Ted Petty got got beat. 
or at least somebody <laughs> got beat clean in a, in, a, in, a, in a tournament. And the way this tournament's shaping up, I, I don't even remember who won. I don't know who's going to win this thing, but it can't be More. Sal and Sandman. Or yeah, I can't. Anyway, um, yeah, like Aaron said, kind of a crappy, crappy finish. Uh, the co-ops kind of get duped. Uh, Sal Balomo with the boot shot, and uh, Sal and Sandman go over in this. Uh-huh. Thing. Sal Salvatore. I mean, seriously, he'll he'll do whatever you got to do to win. <laughs> I mean, there's there's big money in it for the kids. <laughs> he did he he mentioned the kids in your transcribed promo, didn't he, Aaron? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there, there is kids in this country. That's what he said. Hey, did, did, That's did a fact. Like Aaron, Aaron, I figured, I thought you would notice this. When Sal came out and he had like the, the bag of toys and he threw them out to the crowd, a couple of them got thrown back. <laughs> like, did, you, did you see it? I didn't see that. <laughs> I, think I, was still, I think I was still dazed from the promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, I was I was telling Jess we were going somewhere, and I was like, "Dude, Philadelphia is so brutal." Like, <laughs> Sal Blumo threw out stuffed animals for the kids. First off, it's the ECW arena, and and <laughs> they threw them back. And she's like, "What? They booed Santa Claus?" <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I noticed him throwing the toys, but I didn't notice him coming back. That's funny. I'm gonna go back and look at that. Yeah, there, there was at least two of them that got thrown back. <laughs> the next segment, I'm. I was thinking as I'm watching. All I was thinking as watching this, and tell me if I'm wrong, is Aaron's gonna have a lot to say about this segment. Uh, no? I have a whole lot to say. Um. There, the, there was a sign out in the crowd that said, Freddie Gilbert is Corey Feldman on IcoPro. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know. Like, where did that correlation come from? Yeah, I have no, like, apparently he looks like Corey Feldman, and he's buffer than him. I don't know. Um, basically, the Battle Royal should just be hyped as some scrubs, some strippers, and Sherry Martell. <laughs> That's all it is. There's nothing to the, this is... Yeah, what Aaron's, what Aaron's referring to is we have this segment where Todd Gordon is in the ring. The first person he introduces for the mixed or the mixed gender battle royal coming up at Ultra Clash, one of the participants, Peaches. Peaches talks about I'm getting stuff thrown in my face, I'm getting beat up, blah blah blah. She's she's airing her grievances here to the ECW arena, and they couldn't yeah, care less. A couple weeks ago, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll tell oh, go you ahead, what's Chad. funny. Is that in Baltimore, we have a we have a very distinct accent, like a northeastern does kind of thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's and I, I don't have it as bad as most people do. I went you know because I went to broadcasting school, but um, but when you listen to Peaches, she sounds like she's not from California. No, Sam is not from California either. Like that's like our accent. It's it's so like it's so East Coast accent that it's so fake. Yeah, absolutely. Like that that I was gonna say, I probably myself wouldn't be able to to identify it as Baltimore, but I can definitely identify it as East Coast for sure. Oh, yeah, not yeah. not, not the not the sunny coast of California. That's for sure. Even Baltimore will acknowledge Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that's Philadelphia right there. <laughs> After Peaches cuts her 
promo kind of. Um, then out comes Hunter Q. Robbins, who we just yes. can't shake. We just can't get rid of this guy in the ECW. But here he comes. He's going to be in this battle royal, and he plays the old chauvinist, the old chauvinist gimmick. Yeah, get him in the kitchen or the bedroom or whatever. Well, dude, yeah. that's that's the way you set up the way you get him out of there. That's that's just the build. That's just the build to get him gone. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, that's, and that's not a a new trick or anything. He doesn't see it. Uh, obviously, he doesn't see it because he hasn't been around long enough. He doesn't know how how it works. Like a lot of guys don't. Well, I, you know, a lot of the guys don't know when they're getting ready to finish up. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn that until I got finished up working for Burton in uh, Ozark Mountain. Mm-hmm. I had been there a year and I didn't work for like two weeks. And then Burt calls me in November and says he don't have anything for me until December. So what he did was he starved me out, you know, because right. I only had X amount of money when I moved there and I wasn't going home broke. So, you know, I wasn't making the fucking money working there. So, yeah, that's what they call starving somebody out of the business. And if you just keep embarrassing the guy, like Hunter Q, mm-hmm. having him do, you know, crappy stuff. Well, now, now, that, the message. now that you're saying that, you know, I, I see it now, what you're saying. I can I can see, you know, every there's been nothing there's been nothing that he's done over the past probably at least month and a half worth of shows where he was in any way, shape, or form put over. Benefited. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Benefited him. yeah. Yeah. Now hindsight, now that you've said that, I can see it in the in the grand scheme of things. Same thing with Jay Solid. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean you can see how the, how this works. Sully at least and, got some booze. <laughs> what's that? Said Sully at least got some booze. You know, how great would it have been if next week that Sully didn't show up and they did the angle where Sully was drunk at his house and Eddie threw the cameras over there? Now, that would be a good show. <laughs> Sully has to live in a house trailer. It has right. to. He just has to. <laughs> next week, Eddie. Next week, Eddie's going to give Hunter Q a bottle of a Listerine. Like, here you go, buddy. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we we got to be close to not seeing fucking Hunter Q at all. Did anybody notice the bottom rope wasn't there? No, I didn't notice that. You guys didn't notice that. No, during the segment. No, during the yeah, the bottom rope was gone, and here's what happened. We we still haven't talked about the Stan Hansen match. Yeah, you right. think they you think they filmed it out of sequence? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Is yeah. that where you're getting at? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, they, they filmed the whole entire show and they just pieced it all together in post production. But Stan Hansen broke the top rope um in the in the main whatever him and Tito against Morocco mm-hmm. or Gilbert or whatever. And what happened was they that was that was uh the Canadian Wolfman in Max Thrasher's ring and they didn't have a spare top rope. So what they did was they took the middle rope and moved it to the top rope and then took the bottom rope and moved it to the middle rope. <laughs> that, was, that was their fix. <laughs> and then what, what, go back and watch it. During the whole entire, all another broad and all came out, there was no bottom rope. And it's so funny watching the girls like just duck, duck under a middle rope, just you know, without like grabbing the bottom rope kind of thing. There's no mm-hmm. bottom rope. 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden in the Stan Hansen match, there's three ropes and then a rope breaks. I, <laughs> I, not to jump ahead, not to jump ahead, but we brought it up. But that, that Stan Hansen rope break, when that happened, I, I let out an audible, oh shit, <laughs> like that. But uh, out next to this, uh, this segment is, uh, I don't know, what do they call her? Terrible Tigra? Terrific Tigra? Terrible Tigra. Tigra the Terrible. <laughs> And here she comes, and uh, she actually – now, I'm not saying that her promo was good, but she talked better than I thought she would, if that makes sense. Or maybe it doesn't make sense. Like, I just what, – what she said wasn't of significance, but I expected it to be worse. Then well, Angel well, I, comes I, I out. I don't know what you expected out of any of them. <laughs> Angel comes out, and I don't, even, I don't even know her story. I know nothing about this woman other than she was dressed in Lex Luger's ring attire, his uh, jumpsuit. And she got a mild Yokozuna. Yeah, she got a she got a mild USA chant out of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, she did. You know, I, I laughed at that. I, I totally laughed. I totally laughed at that. I was like, oh yeah, she's getting a USA chant. Then we add Freddie Gilbert to the mix, and then Sensational Sherry. Now I know I went through all that. I don't know if you guys have any side notes to any of this. Well, my my thing with Freddie with Freddie Gilbert is because he's Lawler's kid. He's already like what I would consider talented, right? He has to have mm-hmm. some sort of talent, right? Right. Is that wrong to assume? No, you would think that it would be passed yeah. on somehow. But and then he realizes he's not a big guy, so he has to learn how to talk. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe yes, that's his way to, you know, get around the business. And then he meets up with Eddie and it's like, oh fuck. Now, you know, your father's the you know, the one of the greatest of all time, and then you're learning from Eddie. You have to be good. Has anybody ever did a story on him? Like what happened to Kevin Lawler? No, no, I don't. Well, I know we should do one on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Do, do an expose. Yeah, we'll figure out. Dark side of wrestling. Don't steal our gimmick. <laughs> what happened to Freddie Gilbert? There's a Sunoco. There's a Sunoco somewhere in Memphis. He's holding down the fort. Now, Sherry cuts a promo. Well, actually, everybody pretty much leaves because Sherry comes out because they're all intimidated by her. And then, of course, Sherry cuts a Sherry promo, which you can't never shake a stick at a Sherry promo. I love Sensational Sherry. Dude, I, um, couldn't, I, I couldn't say any more about Sherry. Like, we, we brought her in. I, I can say this because I've seen the books. And I think I, I picked her up a, a couple times that – we brought her in just to bring her in to hang out. Mm-hmm. Like it was like she would do something on the show, of course. Yeah, nothing. But we brought her in because someone was like, "Hey, has anybody seen Sherry in a while?" No. Well, let's bring her in. Yeah. <laughs> and why not? I mean, even if, like you said, even if she's not going to do anything, she's going to do something, and it's going to be good. Um, I don't know if I ever saw anything Sherry ever did that I didn't like. You know, just. What a performer. And she um, was drunk doing it. That's the fucking best <laughs> part of it. She was drunk doing all of it. I love it when she's doing her Hall of Fame speech and she's talking shit about Bischoff. And then they show Bischoff in the crowd and she goes, oh, damn, I thought you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> it gets me every yeah, time. Yeah, Sherry was bad. She, I mean, yeah, there's nobody going to say anything bad about Sherry. And then after Sherry cuts her promo, Freddie Gilbert comes out with flowers trying to trying to put the moves on Sensational Sherry, and then we find out apparently Freddie Gilbert has... 
He's yeah, he's pumping, he's pumping angel. He's <laughs> apparently he's got a sort of affair going on with this all American angel we got the here. busty angel. He's putting it. Kevin Lawler's putting it to her. <laughs> That's what her oh, thing said, isn't it? The busty angel. The busty angel. <laughs> at this point, is Gilbert embarrassed at all? About what's being presented on TV. <laughs> I mean, do you think like the after he like he, I guess he scribbled it down, right? He would have had to like wrote it down somewhere. There's no way he's Dutch Mantel. He must have scribbled it down somewhere and said, "I think this is going to be a good show." But then I, I don't think he even knew the players that were involved. Yeah, the pull this off. I have. <laughs> like, I have this great thing for people to do. But I don't have the people that can pull it off. It's exactly, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a community theater doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. So uh, can you imagine, can you imagine Eddie Gilbert leaving Puerto Rico to come to work for Todd Gordon for less money, but he's in the States and he's safe and he's booking this territory, but this is what he has to work with, you know? Yeah. Like what, what, what do you do? How, how does he have to go to like, you know, I don't know how they do that nonsense where you got to meet the guy every Monday and talk about money or whatever and be like, you know, what, what are we doing? And he's got to explain, like, well, we need money to do this. <laughs> he, he, you know, he just can't just call Tito Santana. <laughs> don't work that way. I got a great angle that we could do if we get a, could get our hands on such and such. Well, we've got the super destroyers. Can we do it with them? <laughs> yeah. And I heard that Alpha and Sika live like 40 miles off the road. <laughs> we, can we get them? Like oh, I said, we've got, we've got the, super destroyers. the super destroyers. <laughs> Speaking of the super destroyers, they're in our next match in this, in this tag team tournament. It's the super destroyers against the dark Patriot and Eddie Gilbert. Shane Douglas at ringside, and it's interrupted. The match is interrupted oh, by yeah. a, <laughs> by, a your, seg- by your brother, <laughs> <laughs> by a segment with Jay Sully and Eddie in the studio. And here comes Mister Gillum bringing them some Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and plugging Eddie's shirt and plugging Eddie's shirt. Yes, and I love Sully. Oh. It's a ruse. It's another ruse. Like, it's the same guy, Sully, you fucking moron. Of course it's a ruse. He's like, I'm I'm appalled, but he's still still, taking the donuts. Yeah, he's got Crown Royal and donuts. This is his severance package, like Chad said. They're loading him up with goodies so they can give him the boot next week. Yeah, that's what what you do. You build the baby face up. When he's getting ready to leave, and then you feed him the Undertaker, <laughs> you know, and that's your fucking nature coming. So yeah, they're they're building Jay Sunny up. Like I don't know, I, I don't remember if I've ever seen it, but there has to, they can't just not have Jay Sully at this point. <laughs> After we're doing the show, they they have to have a finish for Jay Sully. <laughs> They didn't give us a finish with Stevie Wonderful. We deserve a Sully finish. Yeah, at least. <laughs> I mean, seriously, at least. Maybe he'll get he, some like epic thing like they gave Bobby. Like he's just gonna get kicked out of the building. He's like, with his, with his deal here. <laughs> I mean, why not? You know, why wouldn't you do that? The guy has been there since the beginning. You're gone. It's fine. It's a new regime. They. 
I'm sure that he had no idea what was going on. No, you know, mm-hmm. who had any idea what was going on then and there, you know? <laughs> Nobody did. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, you know, because Paul's probably already in the back pulling strings, so it made it even more difficult for people to have any idea what was going on, you know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody knew, so they just do whatever they're told. But yeah, see, like, uh, it's still a lot of the stuff that you see from Gilbert was shot still kind of before. Oh, yeah, so, you can, and, and you can tell, I mean, you can tell that a lot of the, a lot of this is still probably being shot from right around that time that they were going out, you know, that night he went out and got drunk and did all the stuff in the streets of Philadelphia or whatever. Well, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely recorded in the same time frame. Yeah, because they don't, because if you notice, Eddie's smart enough that he didn't date anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't say what day it was, what night it was, you know, whatever. What well, they, they, they probably figured they had to get a lot of shit recorded soon because the building was up for lease. Yeah, we got a week. <laughs> we got a week, and then Comcast is taking the building. So <laughs> yeah, we gotta move on here. <laughs> we go back to the match here, and uh, the <laughs> Super Destroyers. Uh, God, I screwed up the writing down my finish here. Um, Super D turns on Super D. Super D two <laughs> turns on Super D one. Yes. Well, I know there was a loaded mask. I wrote loaded mask spot and then two turns on one. That was my my notes there. So now we've got the feud we've all been waiting for. The mega powers explode. The mega powers explode here. No, you got to say it like the right way. You got to say the super D's explode. (laughs) (sighs) I, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know that we ever even get a payoff for this. I hope be, not. I really hope not. Like, super destroyer. No, go ahead. It, 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 well, Super D, Super D headbutts, Super D, Super, I keep saying just Super D. I better differentiate between the the Ds. But Super <laughs> D2 turns on Super D1. How do they, they just go, oh, he took the money. And then they go to a commercial. Like, they don't even, like, like there's there, there's nothing else to it. Like this like is- like here here's my thing about that about part of that finish was when um I believe that was AJ. I, I will call him Super Destroyer One. Yes, and then <laughs> um he puts the gimmick in his forehead thing, mm-hmm. and then he whatever he headbutts Super Destroyer Two Doug, but and Doug bumps and take and takes the finish. Why didn't it hurt Paul? Why you know what I mean? Like why didn't yeah. it hurt him? It's it's like it's like put a Lego in there. It could have been a Lego. It would hurt <laughs> you too, right? It's a fucking Lego. But, you know, put it in there. It would it would hurt you too. So hey, why you stepped on one of those fuckers? You were stepped on a Lego? Yeah. It'll yeah, ruin yeah, your whole that, night. That, that's <laughs> why I'm using that as the analogy. But but I but I remember I remember when I was a kid, I saw a couple of matches um, where guys would do the gimmick with the mask and put the thing in. And I'm not even saying I was smart to the business. I, 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 and the guy headbutted the guy and the other, and the guy went down. Well, why didn't the other guy at least sell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he hits a boom. 
and then it's, didn't hurt you, me. Well, yeah, you should, you should, you should at least, I mean, stumble a little bit or something. Yeah, something. Right. <laughs> so I, I never got the, um, I never understood the loaded mask gimmick, and that that, st- that came for me as an early age, like mm-hmm. when I was really, really young. Like I just didn't, I just didn't get it. The so that like I like I was saying, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the way the way that we're gonna see a change here very shortly, obviously. I don't know if this ever even gets paid off. I guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks, this super destroyer one, super destroyer two feud. But um the next deal is another tag team match. There's a whole show of tag team matches yeah, here. It's the yeah. it's the headhunters who are uh, God, they're worthless. Anyway, the headhunters Against uh, Miguelito Perez and Mr. Danger, oh. <laughs> Mitsuhara Matsunga, I believe what? is how you pronounce the name. Well, I don't know. Why didn't one of you guys go back and tape and, and record Jay Sully saying it his... over and over? He's so <laughs> proud that he can fucking pronounce it. And I'm not like, sure Mr. Right. I don't know if it is either. But he's super like like Mister Danger is like the like Sully is in love with Mister Danger, like he's high. Matsunonga. <laughs> That's what he said. But 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 no, Mister Ike, Mister Danger is fucking Jay Sully's favorite wrestler. I have a feeling about it because he's like, oh, I went back and I watched his tapes, and Mister Danger Matsumuga Mongungumbunga is my fate. Like <laughs> he just fucking loves him. And he sounds like a mattress. <laughs> oh, I got the Mitsuhiro Matsunaga. Oh, God. Yeah, he's got a sleep number. It's fantastic. Yeah, and barbed wire. <laughs> and nails come out. Yeah. Um, and, and Miguel Perez, he gets busted open like within the first 15 seconds of the match. And I don't even see how he got busted open. Yeah, dude, that the spot where he got busted. Yeah, that, that was terrible camera work. Because I don't think, I mean, let's be honest, their production budget wasn't so great that there wasn't really somebody, oh my God, there was somebody directing um, cameras at the time. I mean, I can tell you that. I mean, you can just see from looking around the ring. Yeah. That there wasn't a lot of camera guys. Yeah, there just wasn't somebody directing it. And, you know, them guys, there was a language barrier, you know. I didn't see it either. Because I thought when they said Miguel was busted open, I thought that it was Hardway. And then yeah. when I saw the gig, I said, no, no, he cut himself. But no, nobody, the camera didn't catch it, man. You, you know, the camera's got to catch it. But there was just so much going on. And that's about what you're going to do with the fucking headhunters, man. Yeah, you know? they zoom in. They zoom in on fucking Matsif or whatever the fuck his name is and he's just like leaning on like they're 45 seconds into the match and they all go out to the they go out to the apron and the fucking one head hunter they zoom in on his face and he's like already sucking wind just leaning over the ropes like and that's like the fucking close up they show him this this beast it's like Jesus Christ it's I'll tell you what though he got a big pop for the moonsault hmm. yeah well and that and that fat fuck getting superplexed I mean well, I was going to say, I, I I have the, the, the main note that I have on this is, well, first of all, the name deal, and then the headhunters are useless pretty much. But also, I think that uh, I, considering the match in and of itself, Miguel Perez worked his ass off in this match. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed him in this match. 
The other three, yeah, not so much. But I was digging Miguel here. He was he was he was doing a good job. You don't like Massimo for Ungamunga? I do not. <laughs> Ungabunga. <laughs> but the like one of the only other notes I had was that um I kind of miss what is it? Oh, is that Neither you with Miguel? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It was that weekend. I was just gonna say I miss like like um they superplexed the fucking fat head hunter two the the fat head hunter the, the fat head hunter number two off of the top rope and the people go insane and I kind of miss the days where something like that would make people go insane now that would just be like a like a commercial break spot like that would happen and they'd be like oh what's going to happen next, next? We'll that would back. happen uh, no that would happen in the picture in picture nowadays I'm just saying like. This match was not like you said. Miguel worked his ass off and everything, but if if you want to get down to it, it comes down to entertaining the crowd and the people were into this fucking match. Well, I yeah. mean, I I I love I love the um, the pairing of. I mean, we could do a whole other show about this about the wing and ECW pairing. Mm-hmm. Like that was a great that was a great idea. Because ECW was the alternative company, you know? Right. It was the alternative gimmick. And then Wing was like, not FMW, where FMW was the WWE of Outlaw Mud Show Wrestling. Right. You know? And then mm-hmm. you had Wing was like, well, watch this. We're, <laughs> we're, you know, we're going to put well, snakes. I think, <laughs> and- I think that's kind of what, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I know um, I said that I felt, I felt a change coming. And couldn't quite put my finger on why. And I think, to be honest, it was just just the addition of Wing. You know, it's it's because for a lot of what we watched for the first maybe at least three months of the show was essentially just an East Coast independent show. Yeah. And then introducing that flavor, even though it was the Headhunters, you know, they're not exactly the best workers in the world, but well, just they introducing, were, they, introducing they were in the Wing. Yeah, they were in the magazines and stuff. These were the yeah. guys that, that the ECW crowd would have wanted to see. It's kind of like when you hear about a guy, like when you used to read about a guy in a magazine, and then you finally see him, it's like, ah, maybe he wasn't exactly what I thought he would be, you know? But right. Yeah, I, I thought it was great because um, based on the ECW fan base, they were all bloodthirsty guys, and Wing was hot. And I don't know, just give me a number. 88% of the people in the building were like tape traders and knew, you know, were smart. So they knew about Wing. Right. You know, Wing was the anti the, the FMW WWE kind of kind of thing. And they were just doing such ridiculous. It, it was. I have all their stuff. And it is ridiculous because none of them ever paid off <laughs> did, you, did you see all the matches i have i have a couple of those dvd i have a couple of the wing things wing things i have a couple of the wing dvds that they had put out and a couple of the fmw dvds that they put out none and of them shows ever ever paid off no no not at all and you know it was just it was a gruesome spectacle but other than that well, no, i thought, I did, I did, I thought I, the um i thought the bed of nails was going to be a hard one to pull off but apparently, there's a Las Vegas trick to it, and I didn't know that because, you know, I can yeah, pretty like, much. What's that? I, I think I know what the trick is, but go ahead. Oh yeah, well, I thought as a as a worker, how you learn how to take bumps 
and how certain bumps are supposed to be taken that I could figure out how to pull that off, you mm-hmm. know, because I, you know, you do them on the ground outside the ring, you know what I mean? Like outside the ring and all other stuff. And I figure I could pull that off. But I'm like, how do you do it on nails? And then I found out that, yeah, it's an act. It's a trick to it. I mean, Aaron, you said, you know, the trick you tell me, because, well, didn't they say if you put like the, like all the nails like as close to as possible together or something like that, it doesn't oh, puncture as much as something like that? That's not what I heard, no. Okay. I, I mean, I, I just heard, and believe me, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, I, I mean, what I heard was you put all your body weight like flat on the, on the bed. I mean, somebody might you know, listen to this and, you know, ex- I mean, it, believe me, if somebody's listening to this and it's going to explain to me how you do this, I'm not sure I want them to be listening to this. <laughs> that's, that's some fucking outlaw macho shit. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, it has somebody, to be a weight displacement thing somehow. Exactly. You know? that, well, I mean, just, you know, and it, it is funny how that kind of stuff works. Okay. Off, off topic has nothing to do with wrestling, but I, uh, working retail, the unloading trucks, and then the forklift, okay? So there was a time that my receiving manager, we were unloading a truck, she backed the forklift up, and I, being a, I don't know, at the time a moron, I turned around, and that forklift, I shit you not, ran over my right foot. She stopped the forklift, I looked like I was going to shit myself, she looked at me, I looked at her, that thing did not hurt my foot, it didn't... and it had to just, that's all I can think of is it was just the way the weight of the tire and the weight of the forklift were displaced upon my foot or something. My foot wasn't hurt. My foot wasn't bruised. It felt like, it felt like a, a bicycle tire ran over my foot. But anyway, and that's got to be the trick. It's got to be well, some kind of weight. You're, you're not a worker. <laughs> if you were a worker, you would have sold that shit. You would have grabbed that foot. You would have rolled around. You would have sold it. Yeah, you'd own big lots right now. Workman's comp. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would have been selling that shit. Like like today, I had to do a podcast, another podcast for a buddy of mine. It's, his name is Ray Chance. He does the Happy Hour podcast. I'm sorry mm-hmm. for the cheap plug, but um, the guy that were, one of the guys on the show got rear-ended when he was going to the liquor store, and and. He, he's like the, the guy hit me and I'm like you didn't sell <laughs> my like back, you know he's going to a liquor store so it wasn't a big deal you know right so he, I was like fall out of the car what, I mean, what, <laughs> get some color man like you know <laughs> what are you doing yeah dude I'll, I'll sell for anything <laughs> <laughs> and then now we move on to our main event here oh, I, I just oh go sorry I'm just saying, I didn't. I, I'm not a Headhunters fan, but fan. But I didn't hate this segment. I I, I enjoyed this. I thought Miguel Perez and yeah, Muskrat Unga Bunga did a good job. It's Matsunongu, <laughs> Mister Danger. Yeah, I love it. I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, it's exactly what I think people at that time um, in that area they needed mm-hmm. to see. Like it was a, it was a great like. Hey, look at this, man! You know, like maybe it was. Like, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Maybe do you think maybe this was Paulie like testing the water? Like, hey, let's put this out here, not make it the focal point, but let's see how the people react to it. 
No, I think it was Eddie's last resort. I I think I think um, I mean this is completely my opinion. Let me get that straight. I think Eddie. I think Todd was telling Eddie that uh, he was running out of money, and because of, of Eddie's IWA commitment, that he tried to get Victor to try to you know get in. Yeah. That that that's what I think, and. And you know, I, I don't know anything else besides I don't know if Todd liked it, didn't like it, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, that that's what I think. I think the money was running out, at and least is, for Eddie. Yeah, this stuff is definitely, and that's why I said I, I. This is where I see, especially the past couple of weeks, the changes that I was kind of alluding to. It, like I said, it, it's it's something different. You know, it's it's whether good, bad, or indifferent, it's something different. And uh, it's 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 definitely showing you the the direction the company's going to be going. Now the direction that it's in is this next tag team main event. We have our our recently crowned ECW champion Tito Santana and Mister Stan Hansen against Don Morocco and Shane Douglas from the Dangerous Hot Stuffs. And yeah, the match happened. And I can yes, say that. I, Oh, go ahead, Aaron. There was a sign out in the crowd that said uh, "Geeko Santana." Got it. <laughs> Wrote it down. <laughs> Geeko Santana. Not 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 only gear. That's a smear. Yeah. Smear. Well, well they could. They, the the fucking dudes couldn't coordinate their signs. Like Geeko would hang up his shit or hold up his shit. And Samir would hold up his like they didn't coordinate well enough, but yeah, they, they man, Smear the Geeko Santana. Yeah, that, that that was the best part of the match. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to um like say, you know, dissecting it lot wise. Did, did you did, did you see the sign they would hold up whenever Hanson got in the ring? Did you see that sign? I don't know. I don't have a note. Every time Hanson would tag in or do any come in the ring, a Geeko Santana sign guy would hold up a sign that said "Keg Gut." Oh no! <laughs> yeah, Keg Gut. I, I'd pop for that. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably pop for that. I was Stan Hanson in the ring and it's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him, give him, give him a boo. Yeah, I, I, I've done it before when I. When I'm doing something in the ring and I look out and I see a sign, I go, "That's pretty funny." <laughs> and, you know how wrestlers say, "Like, yeah, I'll give you, know, I'll look for you in the crowd." I, I just saw a funny sign. The the match itself, nothing offensive, but nothing great, and it's interrupted. They interrupt their main event um, with a special announcement that the ECW wants you to take a look at this footage for, of Abdullah the Butcher, which I believe is the same package we saw last week. I recognized most of the footage. Only this time, the WWE Network didn't put really heavy-handed music over it. Oh, I don't know. I I didn't know they even changed the music. Yeah, last week it seemed like the one they showed last week. Like I, the the WWE had put some heavy-handed music over it, where I couldn't really make out the commentary or what was being vocalized in the video. This week, I could make it out perfectly. Or maybe last week I was drunk and imagined music. I don't know, but. Um, I didn't. Uh, I, this week it seemed uh, seemed more. There was more clarity to the video, but they still bothered to uh, interrupt their main event with this. Which, you know, they're trying to fit trying to fit too much in one show. I don't know. They could have cut that that uh, opening segment by 
doesn't doesn't the fact is. that you're you're betting a whole lot of money on a Abdul the Butcher to show up on your at your show, your your big show. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just reek of I'm desperate? A little bit. I mean, I mean, if you don't know why, I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, because Abdul and Butcher's statements for not showing up because he doesn't want to or or whatever happened. So why would you put Abdul and Butcher's name on the marquee? You know, one of the one of your major stars to show up if you main, weren't. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why would in you the, do that? It's uh, risk it all, I guess. <laughs> you know, just well, that's that, that, that's, that's the sign. There's no money. Mm-hmm. That's the sign that there isn't any any money to be made here. Because you know they're oh they're bringing in Abby, and so, he's gonna and he's gonna like hot shot the territory with Abby. So what he comes in for a weekend? Has two matches or yeah, calls yeah, matches he, and he kills he poor Herve. He's gonna <laughs> kill poor Herve. He's gonna turn that big elbow, and then all of a sudden Donnie Allen's gonna run out and he's gonna give him the wow. <laughs> yes, they're all gonna feel the pain of Abdul the Butcher. Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal, you're going down. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, that Stan Hansen's another guy. Another guy. How can you build a territory around a guy like Stan Hansen? That you obviously can't afford for a... Yeah, like, yeah, you can't afford him for more than, what, one or two shots. I mean, it's nice of him that he showed up for this TV taping and that he's going to show up for Ultra Clash, but like you're kind of, like you're kind of alluding to, I think, after that, are you going to be able to afford Stan Hansen to come in, you know, to fly into Philadelphia every three weeks when you record television to be a main part of your show. And probably not is the answer. Yeah. And we still got to deal with the sheik. <laughs> I mean, they, how, bring, they bring the sheik in. And honestly, how much of this was Terry Funk telling these guys, Hey man, <clears throat> get in here as soon as you can. We'll get some money from this guy. It's probably not going to last very long. You know, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I don't think so at all. I totally disagree. I think I think Terry was one of the. I, I think Terry. I, I I honestly think this. Terry saw something there, and he helped out a lot more than than I guess history will ever know. More than I'll ever know, because he mm-hmm. was closer to Paulie. You know, I wasn't close to Paulie, but he was he was closer to Paulie. I bet you Terry Funk helped out more than um, most people will ever know uh, about what he did. About getting guys. I mean, getting 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 guys is not a big fucking deal, you know. I'll pay you, you know. Right. Yeah. That's not a big deal. But Terry Funk is like, I'll get these guys. You know, these guys will make will legitimize your, you know, your product. And I I, I remember seeing the Sheik in the locker room. Dude, I was scared to death. <laughs> I, I was. There there was a door. Between where I guess the main people stayed, it was all open. It was all open, but there was a wall and a door, and then the mm-hmm. jabronis stayed on the other side, and the sheik stayed right by the door, like and got dressed. And I walked by him and I looked at him and I went, oh. and I just took my hand and I was like, Mister Sheik, I don't know. <laughs> um, nice to meet you, and he, he just. Shook my hand, but he can't fade me, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just, yeah, yeah. And he was wearing that pinstripe, 
mm-hmm. that suit that he had. But I was, dude, him and Abby were the two guys that I've never, I've never ever been around. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to meet these guys. <laughs> unless, unless somebody checks Abdullah for a fork. Sheikh even like, kayfabed his family, didn't he? Like he maybe he made them kayfabe or whatever. I think like they were supposed to call him Mr. Sheik in the in the in public and blah blah blah. Well, it's when he had it's when he had guests over for dinner. He would have certain people over for dinner that were wrestlers that were wrestling in the territory mm-hmm. that may have not have been heels. And when they were at his dinner, um, yeah, they would they would kayfabe. Everybody was kayfabe. Like the sheik was just completely just kayfabe. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? How the fuck do you want? Why the fuck do I want to live like that? Right. <laughs> Every, everywhere I go, I go. No, I didn't. That's why people now they're like, oh, they're, the Undertaker's killing this mystique and blah blah blah. It's like, okay, it's been thirty fucking years. Let yeah. him talk like a man for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> for the no. walk around and gotta go. I know he's not years. dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. <laughs> His name's Mark. <laughs> well, Aaron, the finish to this match, fireball. Well, all right, the finish is, it's a, well, the, the ring breaks, the rope breaks, as Chad alluded to earlier. And we get us a little double disqualification. Any oh, comments no, no, on the no, match, no, guys? It's not a double disqualification. No, double. During the, during the credits, they announced Tito and, uh, uh, Stan Hansen is the winners by disqualification. Oh, okay, sorry. My try try paying attention next time. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I got my foot run over by a forklift, damn it. Anyway, <laughs> um, but we but yeah, uh, Eddie Eddie accidentally fireballs the Dark Patriot, and that's that's why I don't know how this tournament's going to go because didn't they make it to the finals? <laughs> yes. Well, they'll, and, they'll and, and, and 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 set. And Sal Balomo and Sandman made it to the finals. Like, It'll what be is Sal Balomo and Sandman against Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Those just, I mean, whatever. This tournament's been so. I mean, who the fuck's ever lost? Like you said, Nate. Anybody <laughs> lost in this tournament? No, nobody's lost. Nobody's <laughs> won. And at one point, there was a coin toss. Just, yeah, why don't, yeah, why don't they all come out? Fuck it. Paper, rock, scissors. Who's the champion? I mean, or have a battle royal. Maybe it'll be Jay Sully and Stevie Wonderful. How great was how great was that battle royal on like was it AEW where like it was a tag team battle royal, but when you threw the one guy over, you had to throw the other guy over too. Like, it was, it was, it was just a battle royal. So it's a battle royal. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, and I saw one guy go, and I'm like, wow, they got rid of Sammy Guevara so early. And then why is Chris? And then I was like, why? Why are you still in the ring? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I guess it's semantics about rules. Like, if you're going to have you have rules, right? Now, this show, as it's as it ends, um, I have I had more positive about this show than I did negative, which I have not been able to say so far a lot on this journey. I do, and I do like the fact that they got rid of the weird, um, pinkish. Credits thing, a little box as the credits rolled was better. Mm-mm. So overall, what did you guys think of the show? Um, right there. Um, one thing I noticed during the credits also is that um, 
John Gillum got it a got an associate producer credit. I saw that. Yeah. So but, uh, uh, <laughs> um, other than the opening studio thing that Nate said was like 11 and a half minutes, I thought the show clipped along good and it didn't, it, it didn't, nothing overstayed its welcome other than that 11 and a half minutes of Sully getting some crown royals. So I, I didn't think it was a bad show. I was entertained by this show. I liked it too. My turn? Yes, yeah. sir. I actually, I'm not going to say that I enjoyed it, but I would say that I chuckled at it more than I have in the last, I don't know, three months. And then less, the other show, less, less, sh- less shaking of the head and more chuckling. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have the word doozy at all written on this piece of paper. <laughs> like, I, I don't find the word doozy. And, and, I, and I'm reading everything and I'm like, yeah, you know what? After everything that I saw, that wasn't kind of half bad. Not mm-hmm. saying that it was good. Right, right. Yeah, we don't want to give him too much credit yet. Yeah, I just said it wasn't half bad. And I've never wrote this before on um on one of my grades. But at the bottom, I wrote what my grade was for the show. Because hopefully one day I'm going to sell my whole entire journal of my notes for this. Because mm-hmm. everybody's <laughs> clamoring for it. <laughs> Much less everybody's clamoring for the Chad Austin Demir cameo coming soon, <laughs> mind you. And, I'll buy one. Oh, please! It's it's, it's going to be a very, very very affordable, and you probably you probably get a DVD too with it. <laughs> um, I, I gave it a I gave it a I gave it a D minus. I actually gave it a grade. It was a D minus. That is improvement, folks. Mark that down. Mark that down. Episode 20 of Reliving the Extreme. Chad's finally got a legit grade for one of these shows. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, and that's what the Super Ds are now. They're a D minus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean the, show, the show actually started to look like it was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and starting to look like, and, and two, three weeks in, are, are different shows. So starting to look like is good because now you want to like, oh man, I can't wait to see, you know, but, and, you know, and, do, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I hate to harp on it, but just think how I bet, I bet, and you could tell me I'm wrong, but I bet you could have given it a D plus had they not done 11 minutes at the beginning with Sully and Eddie. And like I said, thrown in some promos, hyping ultra clash. You know, hyping some of those matches. I mean, uh, just uh, some okay. some substance. You know, instead of instead of time wasting, some talking substance. About, talking about the differences of like how the show is improved. It's like it's almost like Cabrini was like a different show, or like a different promotion. You know, a different company. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a di- yeah, like it, it's it's drastically changing. Yeah, and once it, we get rid of the D's and Hunter Q, what the heck? Once we get rid of the D's and Hunter Q, it's like everything's. Well, I mean, what, what are we like th- three weeks away? I mean, we're probably four weeks away from television, but what two weeks away from the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ultra Clash is I think September eighteenth. Yeah, and this show is August thirty first. So yeah, I mean, we're only a few shows 
Yeah, and so just so the listeners know, I kind of looked ahead. I didn't watch anything, but I kind of looked ahead through the shows because I wanted to see, because I had a feeling that we were going to get one of those like recap shows again coming up before the, the big show. And Why, I think, because of the gap in, um, in dates? Yeah, yeah. So September 7th, next week, we will actually watch the show. But the September fourteenth ninety three show is I looked at the like the clips you know the little highlights or whatever on the network it's all recap stuff so we won't be watching the fourteenth we'll be watching September seventh next week and then we will be watching Ultra Clash so that's where we're headed folks and speaking of next week's show let me uh, give you a little preview I'll read the preview from the WWE Network so we know what we have to look forward to or not look forward to next week. On this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, Stan the Lariat Hansen prepares for Ultra Clash by taking on the duo of Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal. Fuck yeah! <laughs> in a handicap match. <laughs> Plus, they I, didn't, look- I didn't even know it was coming up. No, I, wasn't, I wasn't even ready for the fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah! Donnie and Herbie, come on! <laughs> Plus a look at Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and the Dark Patriot going after the ECW Tag Team titles. And J.T. Smith faces Mr. Mortagi and much more. I don't know who Mr. Mortagi is. He was the guy that came in the ring with the, um, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't cut in earlier to tell you that. The oh, that he was, was he the, was he the guy that was in the suit? Like the, the no, Chinese he had like Zupa pants or something. He had Zubas on. He came in the ring during the Headhunters and. Okay, yeah. yeah and he yeah. was wearing that suit. He was Matsu. Uh, I know his name because I I, I met him. I, yeah. His last name is Motegi, but I, his name is like Matsu Taga Motegi. But that was the guy that came in the ring when the headhunters and all that shit was going on. That was him. And I couldn't believe that we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, none of us caught that and said it during that segment. So, so was he with Miguel Perez? And he was a he was a wing guy. He was a wing. He was a wing fucking um, a a guy a a, a, guy, a dojo guy. Well, he's yeah, he, fa- he was a new guy. We get to watch him fight JT I, next I, week. Yeah, I just watched him get in the ring, and I didn't know if he was with uh, Harvey Danger and fucking Miguel Perez. <laughs> Flagpole sitter. <laughs> good, good deep cut there. I like. Dude, that guy is ridiculous, dude. <laughs> and he he don't do drugs. I can't figure that nonsense out. <laughs> what the fuck you want to do all that shit to your body, dude? Have you seen him recently? No. Dude, he's ridiculous. Like Seb, like he'd be a great um, action figure if you can take his body and put Sabu's head on it. <laughs> if you want to sell a whole lot of Sabu action figures. <laughs> Because Sabu's more known than right. Matsunaga. God damn, his body is ravished. Mm. That's rough. And I'm not even sure he's retired. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that being said, Chad, any parting words for our listeners this week? No, I like like I said, I gave the show an actual rating. I thought it was a D. Like it was it was it was definitely a step in the right direction. I'm sure Aaron Aiken um agree with me mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm looking forward to what we have coming up and and anybody who wants to follow me i'm on i'm on the twitter as chad austin demir 
Follow me on Facebook. It's Chad Austin Demir. And I just want to give a shout out. I'm sorry. I don't mind. Um, to my friend Ray Chance at his, at his uh, Happy Hour podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Spotify and other uh, be- platforms. Be- because of Chad letting me know about it, I actually listened to that show on Spotify. I've listened to a few episodes, and it's really good. I enjoy it. Aaron? Uh, I just want to say that um, the Facebook group has grown. Um, we're at, like, I believe the last time I checked, 106 members, which is appreciated. And there are actually people posting and contributing things, which is nice mm-hmm. to see. Yes. And it is um, something that I want to see you guys keep going with. And um, <clears throat> tomorrow is going to be the release of the ECW Best of the Breast. Best of the Breast. <laughs> best, best of the Best. best. Here comes the Busty Angel. Breast. And Busty, Busty Angel's Angel. coming out. <laughs> the Best of <laughs> the best of the best tournament brackets will be released tomorrow. So look forward to that bitches. (laughs) Well, and that is awesome. Aaron's tournaments that he does online are awesome. They're fun. We do some free giveaways also in the, the weekend wrestle podcast group as well. And I'll announce as we go off the air, just this evening, we have it set up. You can follow us on Twitter. I will post that in the Facebook group uh, for people to be able to follow. We are at Reliving Extreme on Twitter. And that being said, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. We will see you next week. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great week.